No checklist completed is going to save you. No bucket list is going to save you. No amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you've poured out in your life is going to save you. No amount of cash or worldly possessions is going to save you. You can't take it with you. You'll be dead. Buddha can't save you. Gandhi can't enlighten you. The Pope can't absolve your sins. The saints can't pray you into eternal life. Muhammad can't fix you. Allah isn't able. No president, no legislation, no Supreme Court justice, no state or nation or leader or celebrity, no one can save you because there is salvation in no one else. That's right, everybody. There is salvation in no one but Jesus. All right. Today, we are going to be tackling a question that I found online. Someone was asking the question, um, and I think it's a really good question because people from all sorts of perspectives have this question, or at least something similar to it in their mind sometimes. Um, and the question is, why does God remain so hidden? That's exactly how the question is phrased. Um, why does God remain so hidden? And uh, when when I was thinking about this question, um, I be, I began to think about about it in terms of uh, the the person, so so people from every perspective, okay, uh, can think this way. I would say that uh, even the the person who claims to be an atheist might say, um, okay, if God exists, then why is uh, he so hidden? Why don't we see him? Why doesn't he just come down and wave and say hello? I'm here. So there's a sense in which even the, the those who are maybe furthest from God um, ask this question, even if it's just in spite uh, uh, a little bit. Um, or with sarcasm in mind, uh, but but then there are, I think, many people who ask this question for other reasons. Okay, so first and foremost, one of the things that we see throughout the Bible is we see uh, so many instances of God um, acting in undeniable ways undeniable ways. He, he uh, you know, I think about many of the stories throughout both the Old and the New Testaments from the burning bush, right? Uh, how do you deny this? At least, at least from Moses' perspective. Um, in, in, uh, Moses sees this happening. Not only does he see this happening, but, but God himself from the, this bush that's on fire that isn't actually being consumed, uh, which is amazing considering that God God uh, is elsewhere described as an all-consuming fire, um, and yet this bush is not being consumed. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, so so this miraculous, amazing thing, God showed up and did this. Um, I think about the plagues of Egypt that that followed. Right? I mean, how how do you uh, deny those things? There's even a um, I know some uh, some folks are going to hear some of these examples I give and and think oh what a bunch of uh, uh, hocus pocus right uh, because uh, some people don't just don't believe in the um, the the miraculous or or whatever or at least some uh, uh, deity doing all of these things uh, more and more the scriptures are being looked at as uh, kind of a storybook instead of history uh, and. Uh, in those stories in particular, um, but it, I mean, uh, we're not going to get into the the uh, the weight of the scriptures and 
the truthfulness of the scriptures right now. But just suffice to say, there's even extra biblical evidence um, for those who aren't aren't going to put their faith in um, God's living word. Um, uh, there, there's even extra biblical evidence for things like the plagues of Egypt. There's there's uh, extra biblical writing uh, of someone from that time describing the plagues of Egypt uh, that uh, this is been found. Um, and uh, so, I, I mean, I think about the plagues of Egypt, that some of those things are just un, undeniably uh, God, uh, to the point that, you know, uh, Pharaoh's uh, uh, magicians or uh, sorcerers or wh- whatever, um, they couldn't pull any more uh, rabbits out of their hat. And even they were saying, man, this is this is the finger of God. This is, this is God doing this. It's not uh, not anything else. And so the plagues of Egypt are an example of God acting in such a way that even that this whole nation um, is feeling the the wrath of of God and uh, it's it's just an undeniable thing. I think another Old Testament story that jumps into my mind um, right away is the walls of Jericho coming down. Also something that um, archaeology has found and seen um, uh, to be true. Um, and what a, what a goofy thing, right? Like I was in the Marine Corps and, um, this, this tactic of walking around in circles around a city and, uh, um, uh, and then, you know, like nobody, nobody did that. Nobody walked around in circles around any, uh, uh, Taliban controlled situation and then, uh, hollered afterward and, Hey, what do you know? Everything fell and the war was over. That's not how that works, right? So even the walls of Jericho crumbling is an example of this uh, uh, God showing up in a very obvious and undeniable way. Um, and I think uh, as we look into the New Testament, I mean, those examples are obvious as well. Like God in the flesh shows up. Uh, there's your first miracle from a virgin birth. Um, he he walks on water, which you cannot do. Um, he uh, calmed a storm. This storm was so great um, that the the Greek word that describes the 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 kind of storm it it was is is where we get the word seismic from. Uh, it's similar to our word seismic. So this this is the kind of storm it was. These uh, some of the disciples were very seasoned fishermen, and not only were they seasoned fishermen, but they were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. This is the the sea that they made their living from, and uh, and and so uh, if you don't know, the Sea of Galilee is is kind of a unique place where storms can just pop up in in no time and you're caught in it and it is what it is you've got to figure it out um and it just has to do with the terrain around it and the winds and the mediterranean and all of those things right um but it it's a really tumultuous sea anyway at times and so these these fishermen would have known that they would have uh been a part of probably many storms or seen a lot of storms on the sea but this one in particular was so bad that it even had those fishermen uh thinking this is it like we're going to die um, and so they wake Jesus up and he just is like, you guys, come on, um, peace, be still. And then the, the wind and the waves, it just, they just stopped. Like in the, the, the instant that he did that, they just stopped. They obeyed their creator. Um, 
And so you see things like that. You see that, I think, um, about the Jesus feeding thousands of people more than once um, uh, with uh, with one American meal uh, today, right? In our in our gluttonous society, um, he Jesus feeds uh, uh, famously the five thousand and then the four thousand, and that was just including the the count of men, not women and children with them. So it was it was actually a lot more than five and four thousand. Um, and so uh, the, this is this is some of uh, what we see in the uh, the New Testament. Uh, as we think about God showing up in undeniable ways, God not being hidden on purpose, like he's intentionally doing things um, uh, in such a way that he is just undeniable. And I even think about all of the, uh, I mean, think about all the healings that happen, right? The the blind uh, uh, saw, <laughs> um, the uh, like lame people, uh, walked some sometimes lame people that had been that way their entire lives, um, and uh, blind uh, people who had been that way their entire lives who had never seen anything. And now all of a sudden they can see. Um, uh, I, I think about the many times that uh, that he showed um, his uh, his. Uh, utter control and sovereignty over the demonic world, the world that apparently now in Congress, everyone is talking about aliens and junk. That's clearly what is happening. The, the, the demonic is finally being acknowledged and we're going to attribute it to alien activity, but that's okay. Well, that's another podcast entirely. Um, but, uh, the, this Jesus shows up in the New Testament and does all sorts of things as God in the flesh, um, and and so what we see is is this uh, almost regular. It seems anyway like a a regular thing that God shows up in these miraculous, amazing, uh, undeniable ways, and and people are seeing Him work all around them. And and I, I mean, before we jump into the the question itself that it's being asked here, um, uh, it it is important to to note that if that's if that's where we're getting our um, normal, uh, our uh, regular expectation, um, that God should we should be seeing God do things like this all the time. Um, if this isn't a made-up storybook, why isn't God parting Patterson Lake here in town for somebody to get? I mean, like this is sometimes how people think, right? And um, and so it, it's first of all important to note that the the scriptures, it's the Old Testament takes place. It's written uh, over a span of like fifteen hundred years. Okay, so this wasn't happening every Tuesday at five. Right. Uh, um, these are these are very special moments in history that have special meaning in history, um, and so God isn't just showing up willy nilly, like He did uh, when He parted the Red Sea. Okay, uh, uh, so that's the first thing. But before we jump into the actual question, um, here is a word from our. Spo- no, wait. We don't have we don't have sponsors. Sponsors are for rich people.
All right, everybody. So the the problem with the question, uh, why does God remain so hidden? Uh, let's jump into the the actual issue at hand. So there is a problem with that question. Um, uh, there's a there's a logical problem with that question, uh, an objective truth problem with that question. So there there are certainly a lot of people in our world today that would say if there is a God, uh, He hides Himself well, right? And they they might be doing that in a um, uh, satire sort of way or in a uh, uh, sarcastic atheistic. Uh, giving you attitude sort of way. Um, but but there there are people who uh, probably wouldn't claim to be atheists um, uh, who maybe have just a lot of anger uh, over the course of their lives, uh, things, childhood, uh, life just hasn't worked out like they thought it would, that kind of thing. And so they a person might say a phrase like that, like, um, uh, if 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 God is there, uh, he he sure isn't showing up right that that often. If 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 God is up there, he is uh, certainly hidden well. Okay, so uh, there there are uh, folks I think from all sorts of different walks of life who are going to hear uh, this question and identify with it. Actually, um, I think I think. There are a lot of people, um, even, let me say this, even in, um, even among Christians, there are a lot of folks who um, are uh, struggling, who uh, really have a lot of uh, maybe hurt or uh, pain in their lives or sickness in their lives or um, what else? Uh, I mean, just you, you get what I'm saying. There, there are a lot of people who have a lot of different reasons that they might be kind of downcast and thinking like David did so often, right? In the Psalms, like they might be thinking, where are you? Why don't you just answer me? So when someone asks the question, why does God remain so hidden? Um, this this is a, a good question to ask. It's a valid question to ask in the sense that a lot of people are going to identify with it. However, there is a big problem with the question. Um, uh, the, the problem uh, is that the question assumes that it is an objective, unquestionable truth that God does indeed remain hidden. Let me say that again. The, the problem the, the, the problem at its core with this question is that the question assumes that it is an objective, unquestionable truth that God does indeed remain hidden. Uh, so the, the problem really is that there's an assumption behind the question that uh, whoever is asking, um, uh, doesn't recognize God or see God at work around them, and therefore he isn't, uh, he doesn't exist, or he's not at work around them because I can't see it. So that's that's really the problem with the question. Uh, if you if you ho- hopefully you caught that and it wasn't too uh, jumbled up and uh, and um, it was uh, clear clearly enough uh, stated. So the, the the idea behind it. Okay, so the question again, is why does God remain so hidden? 
And the, the problem with that is you're assuming he does. Um, you're, you're assuming that it's just true that God remains hidden. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go over to our, to the, this screen where you can see my Bible up. Um, and, and I'm going to just begin like this. There, there is a sense in which God absolutely does not hide himself. Um, the, the scriptures are clear about this, that there's, there's, um, there's a sense in which no matter what your experience is telling you, okay, because experiences lie sometimes, okay? So no matter what your experience is telling you, um, God uh, does not hide himself in a certain way. Um, the scripture that I have up right now um, it is uh, Psalm 19, 1 in particular, uh, which is a very famous verse. It said, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their uh, line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them, he's still talking about the, the heavens, um, in them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is uh, a, as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Uh, its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So he's he's talking about um, the the um, what we call in the theological world general revelation. Um, general revelation is the idea that God is generally revealed. Um, in certain ways that there there this first verse the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands um, that is that is a very um, important verse this is telling us that all we have to do is look up uh, if you if we're just talking about God being hidden in the sense that like an atheist uh, might, or a so-called atheist, uh, there actually are no atheists, uh, but, but that, that a so-called atheist might, um, uh, um, think about God being hidden in this way that like, okay, well, where's the proof? Where's your proof? Give me some proof, that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, there's proof all around you. Right, you've just disguised it as uh, evolution and a bunch of other ridiculous, unproven, uh, horrific, horrifically evidenced uh, things that you call truth. Um, and so there, there's a sense in which um, God certainly does not hide Himself. I think a more obvious uh, place to talk about this same exact thing is Romans chapter one. Uh, in the, these first few verses uh, on the screen here, verses 18 through 21 is what I'll read. Um, it says, uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Now that phrase is going to be really important as we continue to talk about this. Um, unrighteousness of men, who su- that's just humankind, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Um, uh, because that which is known about God 
is evident within them. For God has, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. So in here we see all sorts of things that are um, that are important to our question today that, that we're talking about. So um, God being hidden doesn't actually make sense uh, because uh, that which is known about God um, is evident, and it's evident within humanity. It's evident within us. And, and the reason that we know that, the reason that God knows that, and so he could put this in the scriptures, uh, is because he's the one who made it evident to us. He's the one who put it in us um, to, to know that, that he is there, that he exists. So, uh, so no one is going to be able, on, on Judgment Day, when we all stand before God, nobody is going to be able to say, well, I, where were you? I, I mean, I, you can't judge me. I didn't even know. I didn't know. No, you did, he will say. That which is known about God is evident within all of humanity, for God made it evident in every heart. Um, and then he goes on right in verse 20, for since the creation of the world, so for all time, as far as we're concerned, for all time, since the beginning of it all, his invisible attributes, okay, uh, his invisible attributes have been clearly seen. What invisible attributes? Well, at least his eternal power in creation, the power of God in, in creation, you see that I... I can't imagine uh, a person seeing the, like a vast mountain range or uh, sitting, uh, standing atop the Grand Canyon and looking down into it or some just grandiose thing in nature and, and, and not understanding pretty plainly that, the, oh, there, there is a God and he is fairly powerful, <laughs> right? Um, so his eternal power is something that has been clearly seen. It is no longer invisible in that sense, right? Um, and his divine nature, um, and, and you could even say that because uh, of the power, uh, his divine nature has been clearly seen. That he is a God, that he is God, is a clear evidenced in every human heart thing. This is why a person might even be driven to ask the question in the first place, because you already know he's there. You already know he exists. Um, so since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Who? Well, everyone. Humanity is without any excuse because God has revealed himself from heaven. 
Um, uh, that which is known about God is evident within all of humanity. God did it. That's how we know. That's how he knows it's true. So, in that sense, it's important for us to think about and realize that God is um, very much not hidden. He is He is not hidden in, in that sense. So, God is... Um, uh he has made himself known he has written on every human heart that the atheist at the end of the day the, uh, 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 could ju- just could not flat out could not explain good and evil um that there there are many attempts i'm not going to get into it here cuz there's just no time uh but there 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 have been many 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 attempts all of them laughably futile to uh, to try to account for without God, uh, good and evil, um, right and wrong, moral compass of some sort, that it's just magically built into us because of some kind of evolutionary survival thing. It's like like these are these are all hilarious theories. Um, and and they're and 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 I say hilarious because it's it's just it's laughably stupid. <laughs> um, so I think uh, so. Uh, why then? Why then does it seem like okay? Past that, so God God does not hide Himself. Okay. Um, so uh, why does it seem like sometimes God hides Himself? Because we we know that even so from His uh, uh, general. Regulation, uh, excuse me, uh, his, his general revelation, um, which is the creation, the things that we see around us, the evidence that even uh, that we would even see the little, uh, the little bit of God that we would even know um, without the word of God, um, uh, is is enough that there that people are without excuse. Um, but but secondly, there's what we know as special revelation, which is the the Bible, right? The God's word uh, inspired, God's inspired, inerrant, infallible word uh, that we have, and that reveals a whole lot more about who He is. Though He is inexhaustible, and we will never in in a hundred billion of our years, uh, um, long after we're with Him in heaven, we'll still not be able to grasp the fullness of who God actually is and all that he is because he's just he's inexhaustible right but uh, in his word we we do learn a ton more about who he is we learn um we learn the the gospel from his word we learn about so many more of his attributes so in this uh Romans text uh you remember his eternal power and his divine nature it talks about specifically but we learn from the scriptures of his goodness and his uh, gentleness and his patience and his uh and his wrath um and uh, although I would argue that you could see uh, evidences of some kind of wrath of God if you look at creation, you you see uh, the, uh, the Grand Canyon itself, all of the other um, uh, flood evidence. Or these are really remnants of the wrath of God. So, uh, but you wouldn't know that, right? You wouldn't know that unless you had the Word of God. And so, um, we see all sorts of things, both from general revelation and then more specifically and more in depth from special revelation, which is the Word of God. So God does not hide Himself. 
where we have both of those things. Um, in in uh, most countries, uh, we have both of those things at our disposal. Um, and so, so then why does it seem like uh, God hides from us? Why does it seem sometimes like God is so distant and he hides from us, um, that he's so hidden? So again, even people who agree with everything that I've just said about God not hiding himself can identify at times with this, like, why, why is God hiding from me? Why are you so, where are you? Right? Everyone who has been a Christian for more than five minutes, um, uh, understands that like that you you get there there are seasons right um you see people have these moments throughout the scriptures peter after his denial of christ um at toward the end of the whole thing he was like you know what boys i'm going fishing i'm just going back to my old life um and then that's when we see jesus re-enter his his life on on the scene and uh i mean the same thing happened to elijah right? Uh, as he's in the desert, he's in the wilderness. Um, so uh, every, everybody who's ever been a Christian um, uh, has experienced this at some level, right? And so um, I'm just going to list uh, three uh, reasons, like a good preacher, uh, three reasons why uh, I, th- I think, um, at least these are prominent reasons, I think, uh, why sometimes it feels like God hides himself, like God is hidden from us. And, and the first one is probably the most obvious one, and that's just unbelief. Um, a lot of people ex- expect to hear uh, or, or uh, see God when, when in reality what they want to see is uh, or, or what they long for are to experience the benefits of God. They want to experience uh, his riches, they want to experience his grace. They want to experience his love, his uh, forgiveness, his, um, uh, uh, I mean, uh, just uh, wealth in this world. They want to experience um, uh, good health, and we know that God is in charge and he can give that. We, uh, they want to experience all of these things that are benefits that God hands out at times. Um, but they actually don't want God. There's actually no true belief happening there. There's no saving faith that has happened. And so what this ends up being is uh, a blind person, um, a blind person uh, walking around looking for something. I mean that that's that's really what it, it amounts to. Like God is God is all around us and 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 uh, doing all sorts of things. He's involved in everything. His uh, I think um, get uh, if you want to learn more about that, I would uh, look. It's a huge book. It's really long, uh, but you can take forever to read it and and read it in, in little bits at a time, and then take breaks and do other things or whatever. But I would highly recommend John Piper's uh, Providence book. It's so, uh, it, it's such a good book, uh, when, when you want to, if you want to dive into that, um, in, in some more depth. Um, but God is working all around us. But if, if you have, if you have those, uh, things that you put on your eyes, I don't know what they're called, like for, for sleep, you know, like you'll see people on planes and movies, they'll have the thing on there. I don't know what that is. I probably would be great to have one of those, but, uh, if, if you're walking around with one of those on your eyes, 
um, looking really hard for something. Uh, I, that's just, it's ludicrous, right? Um, uh, even though he's all around you, you're not going to see him because you haven't been given eyes to see you're, you, you are, uh, still in the midst of unbelief. And so of, of course, you're not going to experience God and, and see him for who he is and then love him. Uh, of course, you're going to like the rest of the world, seek after his, all of his benefits, but, but try and stay as far away from uh, him actually as possible. Um, so that's one thing I think, um, just, just unbelief. Good old fashioned unbelief, um, and then I think another thing that that we don't think about all the time is um, unrealized expectations. Um, now, one of the things that Donna and I, and I've talked about this before on our podcast for for different reasons, um, but but one of the things that we've uh, had to do, and that we you know we always need to improve on, um, is. Uh, expectations. And, and this is like my, my expectations as a husband for when I get home, whether I like it or not, there are are a lot of times that I have expectations that, that I haven't even like sat down and written and formulated, but just expectations that in my mind, I, uh, I have, I have a a way that I think the evening is going to go or whatever. Right. Um, and, and the same on her end, right? Like she's been doing her thing all day and she has expectations for how the evening is going to go. Um, we have experienced that like on vacations at times, like we have certain expectations for what this is going to be like, and eh, it didn't turn out right. Um, and so uh, that, that can, uh, when we think about that in terms of our our seeing um, God working, that can that can hinder things, right? Um, I think about um, the uh, Garth Brooks song from back in the day, "Unanswered Prayers," uh, one of God's greatest gifts. You, you know what I'm talking about? The one of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, right? Like that. Okay. So I, I remember hearing that song. And even as a, even as a young person, I was like, yeah, that's not how that works, homie. But, um, but, but like it, it is, it's such a good song because, uh, what, what he's actually pointing to is the fact that God did answer those prayers, like at the end of the day. Um, and, uh, there's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Uh, it, it doesn't happen every prayer is answered. It's just that when it's no, (laughs) a lot of times we don't recognize that it's no. And so it just seems like we're being ignored because our expectation is that, you know, Hey, when I want something, God is going to do that. Right. Um, every other religious system, Every other religion, every whether it's a cult or one of the like the main religions, like uh, the Muslim religion, Hindu, um, uh, uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, uh, I don't know, pick pick your thing, right? All of them, in some fashion, the thing that they all have in common that Christianity is singled out from is that, and this includes like back in the in the Bible times, right? Like worshiping Baal, um, the the Egyptian gods, the um, uh, after that, right? The the Greek uh, mythology uh, uh, gods and goddesses, and all of these things. These are all um, 
either demonic or fabricated. And the whole goal of them is that we we could, as humans, bend those gods and goddesses to our will. It's an exchange thing, right? Like, you, you give me this, uh, and, and I'll do this for you. Right. Um, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll sacrifice this to you, or I'll do this, or whatever, and uh, and you bless me in this way. In fact, this is one of the struggles with Roman Catholicism. Right. It's like, oh, you say these Hail Marys, which are frankly powerless things. They they mean nothing. Uh, you say this many of this. You do this, and God will pardon you, which is like the opposite of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so, but this is, this is the case with all, all religions apart from true biblical Christianity in which there, that you are clearly saved by grace alone. Uh, and that's it. Um, that's what they have in common. Every other religious system bends their gods to their will. And so uh, our expectations, what we have to understand about the, the, the one living true God is that um, his will is, uh, is the only will. Like at the end of the day, uh, Job says, no plan of yours can be thwarted, right? Like he, he understood that God is in charge in a way that he is not, that he is incapable of being in charge. And uh, no plan of yours, God, can be thwarted. There's there's um, no amount of begging on the part of even a Christian that will change the mind of God or change the will of God. Um, and, uh, and, and at the same time, uh, we certainly do oftentimes pray for something and then see that happen, see God work and, and do something. And so... Um, but I think sometimes our expectation is is always that God is going to not only answer, but answer in the affirmative or, or give us a really clear answer, like a, a very clear no, right? Um, like uh, a, a lot of people when they're talking about like job hunting or something, right? Like they'll uh, talk about um, yeah, God closing a door um, and that, that kind of language is used. And, and that's not a bad thing to hope for and to ask for even, but it doesn't always happen, right? I mean, uh, it, it's, not, it's not as though every time God says no, there's a big exclamation point and like, a, uh, like sun rays shining down from heaven and a, and a heavenly choir, oh, like, and, and then God says no. Like, that's not how that works, right? Sometimes, sometimes the no's or the wait a while's just seem like unanswered prayers. Um, so unrealized expectations, I think, is another thing that that we need to have in our mind when we when we begin to think and feel like God is really distant right now, like He's uh, He is um, gone. Uh, he He is hidden, as the question states. Um, uh, I think another thing. Um, that stands in the way is unrepentant sin. Um, you might have been able to guess I was going to go there. Unrepentant sin. Um, uh, and uh, this is something that, I, I, so I think about it in this way. When you think about relationships, um, uh, marriage, okay? Let's say uh, marriage. 
uh, a marriage relationship requires that two people, uh, uh, frankly, work hard and uh, work hard to love one another, to grow in that love, and all of those things. We know those things, right? Um, and let's let's just say, for for argument's sake, that one married person uh, cheats on another married person. For an extreme example, right? That that someone is cheated on someone else. There's adultery has been committed. Um, do you think that maybe uh, in that instance there would be some distance formed in in the relationship? Like probably, right? Uh, of course, that that would be true. Um, and and so this that's an um, uh, hopefully a, an example that everyone can, if you hopefully not identify with personally, but but understand at least, right? That that um, marriage is an is an intimate relationship, much like that uh, of, uh, I mean, it's even compared, right? The, the whole point of marriage, the first point of marriage, is that we are to be a picture of, of the relationship between Christ and his church, Christ and his bride, the church, right? Um, and so uh, when we think about that, if if I have committed uh, sin, particularly if I've been living in some kind of lifestyle of sin, or there's sin in my life that I've yet to repent of, that maybe because of my shame of it or whatever, um, I, I, there's going to be distance there. That's just how that works, right? Uh, that That's just how it works. I think about something that's a little bit more uh, maybe evasive in our culture is parenting. So uh, and within the marriage relationship, it is popular in our culture in America to focus all of our efforts, um, all of our attention all of our uh, the all of the flow of our weeks and months and days and years um, with our children as the idol in the middle. Uh, focus every single thing. Um, uh, uh, build your entire lives around your children. Um, and then what happens? Uh, uh, far too often that that it just isn't good is um, once the children are out of the house, then that particular husband and wife, if that's how you've been living, um, first of all, that is sinful because your children have been your idol, right? Um, and, and all you've taught them growing up is that they are gods. <laughs> um, and, and so uh, with, if that's the case, then um, not only have, have we set a bad precedent for our children, but but we've sinned against one another because uh, I'm, I am, um, my wife is my first love, my first ministry uh, on this earth, and and so um, she is to be the one to whom my soul clings, right? Um, and so when uh, I, I think one of the most important things for Dallas and Wyatt to our sons to grow up seeing is that they're not God. Um, and, and that, you know, long after they move out and have families and children and, and hopefully grandchildren and great grandchildren of their own, you know, like when, when they're out, uh, I mean, I'm still with mom, (laughs) you know, like we're still the, the family that we were. And so, uh, the, there's distance though, if, if our sons were 
our everything in the sense that our entire lives are built around them and sports this and sports that and and this thing and that thing and it's all about their schedule and we never have time for ourselves and we never pour into our marriage um well then uh, it it's ludicrous to expect that your marriage is going to be awesome right you're going to get distant and then when the kids move out uh, sometimes that ends in a divorce even because people are like, who are you even? Um, and, and even if it doesn't end in divorce, it, it there's a, a long, lengthy period of, have we got to get to know each other all over again. There are different stresses that, that are, are just there because of that lifestyle you've lived. Um, and so that's another uh, lengthy um, uh, example of of that. So when there's unrepentant sin, when there's something in between you and God, of course he's going to seem distant. So in that sense, it's good for for us to search our hearts, right? And and if we're going through a drought with God, it's good for us to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us, right? Um see what what is there in my life that I need to repent of because even if even if even if it's not unrepentant sin that that is causing God to distance himself from you or or causing you frankly to distance yourself from him um uh, even if it's not unrepentant sin you probably have sin to repent of <laughs> so it this is a good exercise anyway um uh, and and there's biblical precedent for all of this, right? Distance happens. Micah three four says, "Then they will cry out to Yahweh, but He will not answer them. Instead, He will hide His face from them at the at that time because they have practiced evil deeds." Uh, Deuteronomy thirty one eighteen says, "But I will surely hide." This is God talking. But I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they will do, for they will turn to other gods. And I think the 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 last thing that I'll talk about. So there are four points. One of them I thought of while I was sitting here. The last thing really briefly that I'll talk about is um, that sometimes uh, our uh, distance from God or seeming distance from God, uh, sometimes his, uh, him seemingly being hidden from us happens because God wants us to be stretched and he wants us to grow. And particularly one of the wonderful things that comes from God being distant from us, um, first of all, uh, based on our, our the points that we've covered so far, it could be that because God has remained distant from us, we come to a place of belief. It could be that because God has remained distant from us, um, we we come to a place where our expectations are uh, become secondary. Right, like that, we come to a place where we expect God to do His will, not ours, and and we're okay with that. Um, and then thirdly, it, it might bring us to a place where we've done some inventory and realized, man, no wonder I feel far away from God. Um, I look at all of the, I, Father, uh, uh, forgive me. <laughs> um, and and I think the other thing that is that is true, no matter what, is um, is it shows us. Uh, our deep um, and and everlasting thirst and need for God, um, man. I, if if you're a Christian, I'm. I know there is no time uh, that shows you um, more uh, plainly 
that you just need him, that you need him to be at work in you, that you need him in your life uh, in, in ways that you recognize, that you you uh, thirst for more of him. As a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Um, and you know that uh, no better, uh, no more completely than when you are going through a time of real drought. And so, uh, in conclusion, I think the, the, the right question is not, why does God remain so hidden? The right question is not, why does God remain so hidden? The right question is actually, uh, what in me, what is in me that, that is uh, keeping me from seeing God work? That what's in me that that is keeping me from seeing God, uh, who is who is not hidden, um, and I think if you start with that question, it, it should help you do some inventory and hopefully come to a place where your uh, thirst for God, um, it, it, you you recognize the stream is right in front of you, and you can uh, drink and be satisfied.